Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hi, friend. Today on the podcast, we are going to talk about 10 reasons your song sucks. So we're going to go through some tough love today. And before anyone gets offended, I'm just doing some of this for the sake of humor. You don't suck as a songwriter. But sometimes we all need some tough love. And uh, today, I'm going to give you some of that. And hopefully you actually learn something along the way as we go through these, these 10 things to really look for. To know why it is that when you listen back to your song, you're just like, ugh. Eh. Or you just think it's terrible. So we're going to go through 10 reasons this may be. And uh, yeah, that's going to be the podcast. So buckle up. All right, number one, you used cliches. You monster, you use cliches. If I hear one more pop song that talks about never getting older, I'm going to flip out. Like, what is this obsession with, oh my gosh, we're like never going to get older because we love each other so much? Like, stop it. That's ridiculous. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. What does it even mean? Like, what does that even mean? Does it mean I enjoy time with you so much that time actually stands still? Isn't that the opposite of the phrase, which is like, time flies when you're having fun? So what are you even saying? You're so boring to be with that I'm never going to get older because time literally stops? Also, arrogant. That time literally stops because of you? Like, oh, well, my love is so fantastic that actually time is just going to stop. Like, come on. Really? And, and, And cuts like a knife and... And just talking about break my heart and just, just like, break my heart makes some sense, right? Because it's just a common phrase. But, but some of this stuff is just ridiculous. And not everything happens tonight. Not everything happens tonight. Stuff happens during the day. I know you're at work all day, working your 9 to 5 or 8 to 4 or 8 to 5. But stuff happens during the day. Stuff happens on the weekend, during the day. Not everything has to happen tonight. And what's so epic about tonight anyway? Like, it could be a Tuesday. A regular Tuesday. So, stop with the tonight thing. And, for frame of reference, I'm not saying you can never do these things. But, like, these are just often things that are thrown in that are totally meaningless. That just instantly just dock a song down a grade. And and sometimes it's really necessary or really helps or there's a specific reason. But for the most part, anytime you find these cliches, like they've been said a million times. And if they've been said a million times, I don't want to hear it again. I really don't like when people repeat themselves. So don't be the 50 billionth song to talk about stuff that happens tonight or how your heartbreak cuts like a knife. Like, why can't it cut like a sword? Or, or just, why do you have to explain what it cuts like? You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe, maybe, just, just maybe, it just cuts you. Or it just hurts. Or just some other much more creative thing than it cuts like a knife. 
Like, thank you for explaining to me what a knife does. I wasn't quite sure before. I cooked tonight. I sliced chicken with a knife, but I wasn't quite sure what a knife does. So stop with the cliches. There's your number one. Number two, you had nothing new to say. Hello, every pop song in the past 10 years, seemingly. We don't need another basic breakup song. We've been blessed with Taylor, Taylor Swift for years and years and years of that crap. Stop it. Like, have something new, a breath of fresh air to a breakup song if you're going to do a breakup song. I'm not saying it needs to be revolutionary, but just, just have something to say that doesn't sound like the last 50 million things people said. Bring a new light to it. Take a new attitude to it. Something. just Or even just word it in some different ways. Give us a new... To go back to the cliche thing, give us a new phrasing or imagery about the heartbreak. Not just heartbreak and cuts like a knife and cold as ice and oh my goodness, stop it. Just stop it. So have something new to say. I know that everything is like with the human experience, right? There is nothing new under the sun. And that's fine. That does not mean there aren't new ways to say things or ways to say old things in just a slightly different colored tone or just to bring your own personal experience into this. If you just bring your own personal burdens and experiences into your music, most of these things just won't happen. But if you sit down and you're like, well... I don't think they're going to understand what I'm saying unless I say something really basic like like cuts like a knife. Like, stop it. Stop it. It's ridiculous. Number three, you forced a rhyme. I've talked about this one before. I, I think it was a third podcast where I had three reasons your song doesn't need to rhyme. So check that out if you want to know more on this because I'm not going to spend that much time on it. But if there's one thing that I see almost any new songwriter who comes to me with music or any songwriter that I think, ah, there's just something about their music that seems just like they're new at this. It's always the rhyming. Like you can just tell that they had a lyric sort of and then like, oh, yeah, but I need to rhyme and it needs to be an A-B-A-B rhyme. So they force the lyrics into something that isn't really what they wanted to say. And then they're like, well, I got the rhyme now, so the song's better. Stop it. It doesn't need to rhyme. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. And before you challenge me on that or turn it off, tell me right now. Does your favorite song rhyme? Yes or no? If it matters, you should have known the answer right away, and you shouldn't be having to Google it right now, or think about the lyrics, or be having your eyes to the sky, sort of mouthing the lyrics to yourself. If it mattered, you wouldn't have to do that. So it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Nobody cares. If the song is memorable, if the melody and the lyrics come together in a powerful way, if it's really catchy, if it has something good to say, something new to say, something profound to say, nobody cares about you rhyming night and light. Nobody cares. So stop forcing the rhyme. Write a good lyric. Care a little bit less about rhyming. Here's a good one. You forced... The second verse. Ah, yes. 
So you took all these months to write a song, and then you decided, yeah, the second verse, I'm just going to phone that in. Like, really, I know that it can be tough. The toughest part of a song to write is any verse after the first verse, whether that be second or third, or if you have four verses, four verses, always the hardest. Why? Because you already have rules. You know, for the chorus, you probably have the rule of it's going to be in the same key as the verse. But from one verse to another, normally you have the same melody. You have the same everything. That's why it's called a second verse. So I understand that it's a challenge to say something different, even though you are already confined to this melody, to the syllables, more or less. I understand that's a challenge. But how long, on average, does it take you to write a song, right? Maybe, let's say you put out an album every two years, and an album's about 10 songs, or let's say 12 songs. That's six songs in a year, which is about two two songs, or sorry, one song per two months. And you can't take the time to rework and rework and rework that second verse? Really? Come on. Don't phone in the second verse. We all know when it happens. And I know it's hard not to do. I understand that. You're excited. You have the song totally complete, basically. And you're like, "Eh, I don't care for the second verse. But the song's done. Stop it. Go redo that second verse. Keep redoing it. And do it over and do it over until it's right. I know it's hard. But you signed up for this. Creativity's hard, man. It's so much easier to just go watch Netflix. It's just so much easier to do that. It's so much easier to just not create. But you signed up for this, and you can do this. So do it right. Number five, you wrote a vanilla and forgettable melody. Do you even remember your own melody? Seriously, do you have to like think about it? Like, uh, I don't know. I wrote the song a year ago, and I practiced it a bunch of times, but I don't know if I can sing it a cappella. Like, come on! You can't remember your own melody? Then why would you expect somebody else to? Rework that melody. Make sure that it's something memorable. And not every part of the song has to be equally memorable, right? But if I can't even remember the chorus... Ah, uh, really? Really? Like, maybe, maybe that needs to be reworked. There's nothing wrong with a little passion in your melody. To make it memorable. In fact, if you have no passion, just get out of music. Just stop rooting it for, for the rest of us. Be passionate about what you do. Be passionate about that melody. Number six. You wrote a chorus that doesn't shine. Look, if I don't have a chorus to look forward to, or if you don't have a chorus, if I don't have a part of a song to look forward to that just rises up, and, and, and gives me a climax, gives me something to look forward to, a peak, then why am I here? If I've heard the first verse and the best is already over, why do I keep the song on? I don't want to turn on a song and be like, well, that intro was the best part, so it's all over now, like Crazy Train. I'm not hating on the song. But the song is so cool until he starts singing. And then it's just like, yeah. Whatever. The intro was awesome. Like, I have no interest in listening to the rest of Crazy Train, but to the intro. And that's partially a a taste thing. But my point is, don't make your song that song. Don't do that. Give me something interesting in the melody, 
and in the lyric and get, just give, give me something interesting and give me that chorus to look forward to. Make sure it shines. Number seven, you didn't bother to make sure the lyrics flowed. Look, syllables matter. The flow matters. If you sing a melody in a way that a, a, a word is cut off in the middle of it so that you're like accentuating the wrong syllable on it and it just sounds funky, then it needs to be reworked. Just because your first verse, first line has 10 syllables and your second verse, first line has 10 syllables doesn't mean it's right. It also The syllables need to be in the right place too. In fact, the syllables being in the right place is more important than actually matching the number of syllables. You can slip in other syllables there very easily without it ever being noticed or anybody ever caring or without it being hacky at all. But if you have words just cut off in the middle by syllables that like in the first verse, like it was end of word, new part of the phrase. But this time, like the main beat lies somewhere in between a word like stop that. Don't do that. You got to make sure that the lyrics have some flow. Number eight, your instrumentation is forgettable. It's okay to have piano block chords sometimes, especially if you do something to make them interesting or if some of the interest is in the instrumentation or if you play it in a more interesting way. But don't just give me boring, open, like, here's a C chord with a C in the bass and a C and an E and a G, like a straight up C chord, not a C add to, not a C with a B in the bass, like just a straight up C chord piano block chords to a straight up G chord piano block chords. And of course we're going to do a one, five, six, four at this point. So then we go to an A minor and then to an F major. Like, come on, make your instrumentation something interesting. Just, Something interesting. Don't don't phone it in and have every song you ever do just be piano block chords that are open regular chords that don't even have an added note or anything interesting in it. Don't do that every song. Once in a while is fine. Don't do that every song. Don't strum your guitar part every song and all be in 4-4 time and have the same strumming pattern. Don't do that. Don't have have the instrumentation all like always open chords. Like, don't, don't do that. Maybe change it up by doing some finger picking. Maybe change it up by just find, picking in general. Or, or use a capo. Put it in a little different key so it shines a little bit more. Sounds a little different. Do something different to make sure your instrumentation is not something that I instantly forget. Ideally, it's going to be something where you, the second you start playing it, everybody knows what song's coming. But you don't even need to start singing. Everybody knows what song's coming and it's already awesome. Nice little piano riff that's memorable. Something like that. Give me something like that. Number nine. You tried too hard to make the song something it isn't. Let the song be the song. Don't force it to be a rock song because you're a quote-unquote rock guy. And think you're too cool to write a song without electric guitars turned up to 11. You are not too cool for that. In fact, if you think every song needs to be that, you are not cool at all. Because a cool person makes a song the way it needs to be made and says, screw what I want to do to screw it up. 
I'm going to let the song demand what it needs to be. If it needs to be an acoustic song, if it needs to be a little more poppy than I usually do it, if it needs to be, a, maybe there's one song on the planet that actually needs a rap in the as the bridge. I don't believe that exists. I generally hate that. It's such a sellouty thing, but maybe there's a song out there that really needs that and gets better for it. Go ahead. Do that. Make sure the song is what it needs to be. If you write poppy, happy stuff, and this lyric is very morose, maybe don't have a poppy, happy chorus, because then I'm just going to be confused. Unless it's irony on purpose, or tinged with sarcasm, or something like let the song dictate what the song needs to be. Don't force it. Don't be like, well, I only write songs in the key of G, so this song is in the key of C sharp major, and I can't do this. Stop it. Don't be ridiculous. Lastly, number 10, you stopped at good enough. Now, this is probably the hardest for all of us, because when is good enough? Some songs, you wrap it up, you finish, and you're like, wow, that's great. And you have no desire to change it. You like every lyric. You like your instrumentation choices. You know, maybe you could add another guitar to the actual arrangement of it in the mix of the song that you release, the recording you release of the song. But for the most part, you're like, yep. That's the song. I'm happy with all the choices I made. And then there are some songs where you may forever feel like, I like the verses, but I kind of wish they were just a little bit better because they didn't quite do justice to the chorus quite as much as I wanted. And I understand that. It's hard to draw a line, right? You can't be writing the same songs for 50 years. You got to draw the line somewhere. But here's the good news. You can always go back and rework it. Like, I have some songs from the first album I did with my first band, Highland, that I think, wow, those were some pretty good songs with some good potential, and some of them I ruined by being stupid and having tempo changes. Like, some of those songs had tempo changes. Luckily, most of the best songs, I wasn't dumb and didn't do that. But some of the other songs could have been really good if I didn't have tempo changes. The tempo changes just sound stupid. They sound silly. But you know what? I can go back and re-record those now and not be stupid this time. The songs that I made have bigger arrangements than they needed to. Maybe it would have been better to just stick with the me and a piano part the way it originally was going to be. I can go back. I can do that. You can always change these things. And you can always go back and re-edit. So... Two parts to this. One is, yeah, obviously you can't beat your head against a song forever and never release any part of it ever with all your songs. You can't do that. But at the same time, never just say, eh, good enough. Like, demand something higher of yourself and of your music. Make sure you're really happy with it. And if you're not and you have to release it for some reason or you feel obligated to release it for some reason because you did a six-month, six-song challenge or something like that, fine. But don't be afraid to go back and rework it. Don't be like, well, I released it that way, so nothing can do now. I guess that's the song forever. You don't have to do that. Don't do that. So don't stop at good enough. Thanks for listening to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. 
If you want to jumpstart your songwriting, be sure to download my free guide on 10 proven ways to start writing a song at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Whether you're brand new to songwriting or a seasoned vet, this guide will help you to avoid staring at a blank page wondering where to start. Even if you just want to figure out some different ways to start writing a song, this free guide is for you.